Hi folks, this is Beyond the Saddle host Katie Kleinbell here, and I have a little bonus content from the episode with trick rider Brandy Phillips on how she trains her trick horses and about the different trick riding horses that she's had over the years. So enjoy! You've got firsthand experience training horses um, for the Riata Ranch, so I know there's a lot of steps that go into it, but could you give us like a 10,000-foot view of kind of how you start that process of, you know, getting a new horse into the program to win their rodeo ready? Yeah, for sure. So the great thing about it, Riata, Jennifer, she really made us learn to train our own horses. When we were younger, she did do a lot, obviously, but we were required to ride any horse anywhere, anytime. And so she required us to have a basic set, good foundation of horsemanship. And then you develop that into the trick riding. And we had to do everything ourselves. She did not train them by herself. She did a lot of the groundwork. But then when it came to us having to do it, we truly had to do it. And so she took a, a page out of the competition vaulting. And she takes horses when they come in and we put them on a lunge line. And then we all kind of line up behind her and you'll have one girl on the horse going around. And then we would start just running up beside the horse, each one of us. So you had like a team of girls doing this process all with each other with a new horse. And then when you get comfortable, one girl would slide off as another one vaulted on. So then the horse got used to the movement, used to moving forward. And the horses still have to run free because the horses truly have to be independent thinkers to be a trick riding horse. So we had this team process of doing that on the lunge line. And then you start teaching them the trick riding pattern, which is your station. You'll see the horses all in one corner. And so that's their beginning and end point. So that pattern is so crucial to staying on the fence line, not cutting your corners, and then coming straight back to the station. That way, if something does happen or you fall off or, or like me, I was hung up one time, your horse goes right back to the station and you can safely get off or get out from underneath them, or you're not chasing them around the arena if you got dumped on the corner. (laughs) (laughs) You get to just run back and get on. So you start this process of teaching them the pattern to run, and then you start putting the tricks that you did on the lunge line out on the pattern. So it's a very tedious, and it's a lot of repetitive things, but horses are you know, repetitive animals, they learn by repetition. So that's really all trick riding is, is learning that repetition and being detailed in their patterns. And then as the horses get a little bit more broke to it, then you start to learn some horses like more tricks than others. And then you start to fit each girl to each horse to what tricks they execute. And you can really get a trick riding horse done fairly quickly. If you, if you're in a bind, like if we're in another country and we have to ride other horses, But as far as creating a well-rounded, trusty trick riding horse in the Riata program, it takes about two years before they've gotten all their experience on the road. They've gotten all their training in. They've been in rain. They've been in heat. And then by that time, you've got a well-rounded horse that when you're going to hit the arena, you're going to nail it every time. What a heck of a process. But you got to trust them. it's quite... Yeah. yeah, it is quite, it's quite an ordeal. And so it's hard when you've had a good horse for a long time. And then when you have to start over, you're like, oh no, 
I just want the old trusty Steve back, please. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because it really, you know, it isn't like just riding, going out and riding and training for, you know, roping or even just starting a young horse. I mean, because it is physical. You, It is a workout while you're riding. And mm-hmm. riding is already a bit of a um, active sport. But then when you're adding in the vaulting and the hanging off and you're using your core and your upper body, you stay pretty fit doing it. And you do have a lot of long hours and the gym doesn't seem as cool to go to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I get winded after loping like two circles. So <laughs> I have all the respect in the world uh, for you. <laughs> oh, shoot. I'm, I'm probably like the worst person to ask about physical fitness because a lot of the girls, they're so into CrossFit and doing all these things. And I'm like, oh, I'll just go trick ride some and I'll be fine. <laughs> Push through. It's a mental thing. <laughs> yes, it's a mental thing. <laughs> well, that was perfect. That gives us like a really good flavor of how much effort really goes into making these horses what they are. Well, let's talk a little bit more about your horses. Um, I've been scrolling through your social feeds and looking at all your amazing pictures of all the cool stuff you do. But um, you've said it before, too, that your horses are really the rock stars. So tell us about your horses. Well, I actually have one horse right now. <laughs> His name is Apollo. He's a gray quarter. Well, I think he's a quarter horse. <laughs> he actually came from a place in California. So he was my horse at Riata. And um, he had come from a guy who's one of the biggest farm labor contractors in California. And he has all these big Spanish bred horses at his place. And we were doing some promos for their business. And so we had all their, fr- they had Frisian horses, these Andalusians, um, all these beautiful horses. And then he also had a quarter horse farm in Mexico. And so he had like a real mix of horses there. Anyways, Apollo, after we were doing promo picks on their other horses, Apollo was standing kind of in the wash rack. And we're like, well, what about that horse? And they were like, no, he's lazy. You don't want to ride him. And (laughs) I was like, well, let us, let us ride him. So we saddled him up and we started standing up on him and stuff. And they literally were like, take him take that horse. Like they did not like him. He was a, he did the Mexican dancing and all this cool stuff. And he was really well broke. And, um, we got him and I actually hadn't, we hadn't really done much with him when we first initially got him. Cause I had a horse at the time, uh, Willie, who was a big, beautiful paint horse. And Willie actually suddenly died of colic. And then we went to England and did our trick roping show for the queen. And then we came back and we had to get ready to go on the road. And pretty much what I had was Apollo who I'd only stood up on and maybe vaulted on a couple of times. And within, I don't know if my memory serves me right, but I want to say it was like a month to be rodeo ready. And from then on, he's been my steed since 2012. And he actually got a pretty bad mysterious injury and so he actually I thought he wasn't going to be able to trick ride anymore and then when I moved to Arizona Jennifer actually gave him to me and I don't know what happened to him um I still can't do that famous drag I'm known for uh the full fender where I'm dragging my hair in the dirt a lot of people that's what they say the dark-haired girl that drags her face in the dirt um (laughs) I can't really do that trick on him anymore. There's something about carrying me around the corner in that sense. So I've had to adapt to what I can do on him. But now, I mean, he's still going really well and we're not doing as many shows a year. So I think that helps with his physical fitness and his health. And so he's just been 
he's been through with me through that loss of my dad and that, that horse, 150%. I said, I don't care if I ever trick riding horses again, or if I ride horses again, that horse stays with me till it's his end of time. And he's going to live happy. And because he, I owe that horse quite a lot and he's taken care of me and through a lot of ups and downs in the past he's earned it he's earned that spot in your heart oh he has definitely earned it 10 times over and you know and before him you know I was mounted well at Riata too I rode a big paint horse like I said Willie he was a horse we got he had kicked holes in a round pin and broke every cross tie in the barn he was in and he was this big, big horse. And my first show was Salinas in California on the racetrack on him. And he was a powerful, um, bit of a scary horse to ride at first. But then when we, when we hit that racetrack, we just figured out that horse just needed a lot of room to run and he loved to run. And so from then on, I rode him forever. And then I rode a horse named Jesse, who is a little 14-3 black and white paint. And he he's the one that made me really good. He was the confident confidence builder. Never. He was so honest and took care of you. And he's the one that really made my trick riding grow to where it is now. And then, like I said, there was Cisco, who was my very first. He was the love of my life that I wrote. I love Cisco on the post-it notes all over Jennifer and Chad's house. <laughs> and he, he passed away at 25 this year. Hmm. And so I've had a good string of horses that got me to where I am today. And like Jesse and Willie helped me win my first ever trick riding competition I entered. And then Apollo's just taken me all over the country and, and they're, they really are. We can't, we look pretty dumb running around the arena trying to do tricks without them. So it, <laughs> it truly is without them, we are nothing. So it's, you got to take care of your animals and love them because they, they're the ones that are giving us the opportunity to do what we do. Absolutely. And isn't it cool how like each horse that comes into your life plays a different role, right? Like helps you grow in some different way. Yes. And they're definitely a big mirror and they are stepping stones. And that's, that's one thing I hope people don't forget because sometimes you do, you lose the fact that you get to ride every day. And especially when you get to train in horses, sometimes it's good to fall back on that and remember like they provide for us, not the other way around. They are the ones that make us better people if we allow them to. And so I think the best horsemen and and horsewomen in the country are the ones that don't lose sight of that, that truly care about their horses and their well-being and teaching them to be something really good and, and helping them have an opportunity to be great. Because really, it, I think it's them that gives us the opportunity, not the other way around. I so agree. And you got to you either take it, you take that opportunity and you run with it or you miss it. <laughs> and if you miss it, then yeah. this isn't for you. Yes. I always said I couldn't be a real full-time horse trainer where I had 30 horses in the barn because I just t- love to take so long and develop a relationship with a horse before I really, I feel like I get anything done with a horse because I, I just, believe that's just as important in creating a well-rounded horse because I think their mental state is just as important as their physical state and so I just don't think I could ever be a trainer full-time because it just takes me too long to get stuff done (laughs) (laughs) that's a good problem to have I feel like that's a good trait of horsemen these days (laughs) Uh, I hope so I'm like I'll be good at about six I don't think I'll ever have more than six horses (laughs) that's still a lot okay that's a lot of time in the saddle so (laughs) yes Yes. Well, I spent so many, I've spent all day, every day for the last four years roping and 
I mean, who doesn't want to do that all day, every day and just be on multiple horses and doing something fun. I mean, it's cool, but man, I learned, I definitely did learn a lot in developing horses and stuff there. So like, to me that, you know, there was a, a mare there that, I mean, when I got on her attitude was just so bad and it wasn't a fault of hers, but I mean, it took me, you know, two years really to get her where before I left, she was just awesome. You could head on her, you could heal on her, start breakaway and on her. And she was so willing to do whatever you wanted. And I think it was just because I just tried to take that time to not get after her for her attitude and just let her develop as she wanted to develop. And I just think that's super important with horses. Yeah, for sure. And not something that a lot of people, you know, understand or, you know, the good trainers do, (laughs) but the ones who maybe want to rush them through it don't. Yeah. And I'm obviously under the supervision of Judy and Ozzy, what they taught me there. And and a good friend of mine, Jamie, too, who is a really, really good barrel horse trainer. And I learned a ton from Jamie and just and that same thing and being dedicated every day to what you were doing with a horse like that. It like I said, it goes back. It takes a team even when you're training horses because horses are just like us. They have different personalities. They have different pressure points they can only withstand so much compared to other horses. So, and really learning those signs and doing what's right by them is I think really crucial in developing a horse, no matter what industry you're in. Yeah. No matter what discipline. Absolutely. Yeah. Big thanks again to Brandy for sharing her professional Western entertainer career path with us on the podcast. And if you haven't listened to her full episode, be sure to check out episode 25. And if you've listened to both this bonus clip and the full episode, then please do me a favor, head on over to our social media channels and let us know what you think. 